what's good? Welcome to the Alpha Omega podcast. We're back and better than ever. My name is Dominic. I'm from Arizona. My name is Bobby. I'm from California. My name is Keegan, and I'm from the great state of Florida. What's up? <laughs> so today we got some some juicy stuff for you from what we've been learning. Um, we're gonna talk about, um, I guess, breaks. Yeah. And, and grief and yeah and lots of fun stuff god wow. sitting your butt on the bench when you need to be <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah that's that's something that popped up when we were learning uh we we're going through leviticus in criminal code it talks a lot about cleanliness and uncleanliness and what qualifies you and disqualifies you from basically being in the temple and uh, being a part of the priesthood and, and doing your job so it's it is catered towards Levites and that's you know that's the priesthood who holds up the tabernacle. So in in a super practical sense it doesn't directly apply to us but the principles apply to people in the church. So yeah, anyways, that's what we're talking about. Um yeah, so um <laughs> just to start off with grief, uh we see it in Moses' life um when his sister dies. And, uh, yeah, um, he doesn't take the time to take a break like God calls them to do during grief. And, uh, God is very specific about grief. And when you're going through grief, you have to go through the seven stages Mm -hmm. and you can't skip, skip one. You can't just try to rush back in because, uh, if you don't, uh, you kind of self implode. Um, and so Moses doesn't take the time to properly do that. And so we see that he ends up, because of it, making some poor decisions when uh, the people of Israel start complaining again. And he actually loses the chance and the blessing to go into the promised land. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like what we talked about in class. Like, it's not a coincidence that as soon as something tragic happened that a conflict arose. Like, the devil will act on what you're going through in life. And so if you don't take the time to grieve something burdensome or if a tragic event happens then the devil will try to take advantage of it yeah i think that story is interesting too because when you like read it on its face it just like it looks like god is like bipolar because because <laughs> he tells moses to do something and then moses does it and then god's like i'm angry but i think it's cool like when you read into it yeah you kind of see like clearly something was going on in moses's heart and i think the death of miriam just kind of altered his view of God in that moment and um he probably just had bitterness in his heart and God was angry with that because he didn't he didn't bring that to him he just kind of held it in and you know kind of bit the bullet so yeah it it was super cool reading into that story and kind of understanding more of God's character and the fact that he just looks at your heart more than what you do because Moses was devout you know what I mean like he he did what he was supposed to, but um, in this one instance, he just didn't have the right heart. I feel bad for Moses. Like he, he, he was, he did everything God told him yeah. to do. It's just I think he was getting old and tired. Yeah. And this uh, the death of his sister really kind of wore on him. Yeah. And uh, he got tired of the people's complaining, and it affected him. I get tired of their complaining just reading. It. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Forty years in the desert. Can't like, imagine being there with them. 
It's like we've been over this. Like they just keep doing the same mistakes yeah. and whining about it. And yeah. It's, yeah. So it's like fine. I'll hit this rock and get some water. <laughs> just be quiet. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like dealing with a bunch of toddlers. It's like, I need water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, we were. That is found in Numbers nineteen through twenty. Um. Story of Moses and Miriam and him hitting the rock with his staff. Yeah. Moses smacked that rock. <laughs> <laughs> well and also in 19 it's like it's not a coincidence that the story right before that story is they're talking about specifically the priest needing to take a break mm-hmm. and so to have that right before he's dealing with the grief and like purposely not taking it like taking the time it's just it shows like god is serious about taking breaks and like he will specifically ask you to like t- step aside and reset your heart and uh yeah and when you don't it just causes problems yeah yeah which kind of leads into our next topic of conversation um when you are set aside when like whether it's grief or or you're sick or you get hurt or whatever's going on that makes you quote-unquote unclean or defiled um it puts you in a place to reset and um it it calls for reflection and retracing your steps so and i i experienced that with covid like the second i got here i and bobby had it too yeah. the second i got here i had covid so and honestly when i look back i'm like that i really needed that because it forced me into a place of like reflection and coming from the life that i lived and you know being a christ follower back in Arizona by myself and just having like my parents to consult to and and not really anyone my own age it really like put me in like a space where I could just get to know Trevor and get to know like wow there really are other people like trying so um yeah just it helped me prepare myself and reflect on the past and just kind of like get my heart ready for this year so yeah it was a lot of meditation a lot of just trying to um get right with God, I guess, and I, I do think that's a huge part of when we get sick or when we grieve or whatever, anything that sets you aside, it's important to just um, reflect and, and get yourself in a good headspace, and yeah. Yeah, like you said, I, I when I got COVID, I wish I would have done that, been better about that, because the first, like, three days, I was just all like, woe is me, like, why am I in here? I'm a business out on all this stuff. Yeah. And then uh, I, I talked to Stern and he was just like, dude, you have like such a good opportunity to just like spend so much time with God. Like, yeah. No distractions. Like, um, and so like it really was that conversation where I was like, uh, wow, like whatever I've been doing, I've been sitting here crying about like a, an opportunity that most people don't get. Like mm-hmm. I get time away with no distractions to just be with God. Like, uh, just all the prayer time you could want. Like, yeah. it's crazy. And I look back on that situation, I, and I wish I would have started like that from the beginning. Right. Because it would have been so much better once I got out to just have that, like, routine of, like, just any time I needed to, just, just go directly to God and just talk to God. I think something that's important to remember is that whenever you're being benched, it doesn't always necessarily mean that you've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that 
whenever you're being removed from your responsibilities or whenever something tragic happens and you have to take time to grieve, it doesn't mean that you sinned and God is saying, all right, now go sit over there in the corner and don't do anything for a while. Right. God could, you literally could have done nothing wrong and God is just saying, hey, we need to work on our relationship or yeah. you just need to take time to reset your heart. Yeah, that kind of goes back to the Job conversation too, right? Because yeah. his friends were like, dude, you you clearly are doing something wrong because mm-hmm. God just completely like smote all of your family and, <laughs> and you look disgusting. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, sometimes you just need time. Sometimes, sometimes blessing doesn't look like a blessing. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and I, I've really started yeah. to understand that. That's a bar. <laughs> blessing doesn't look like blessing. Yeah. Blessings on blessings on blessings. In hindsight, it is for sure. Yeah, but- in the moment you're like this sucks like how could this you know how could this help anything but it be for good yeah um so the last so we we kind of found that in Leviticus uh chapter 13 45 through 46 is talking about cleanliness and uncleanliness you know being benched and uh yeah so that's that's where we were looking at in scripture for that um and the last thing we're going to talk about is basically returning to camp. Like um, in Leviticus fourteen eight through 9, um, it talks about basically easing back into responsibilities. Um, in this passage, the Lord spoke to Moses saying that a man who is pronounced clean must wait outside the tent for seven more days. So he's in the camp, but still not back in his, in his home. So I feel like that really points to just, mm-hmm. you know, having to take your time, in, you know, don't like just hop right back into the church. Don't like if you're the pastor and something happens, like don't just hop right back into being the head pastor and act like nothing wrong, you know, went down and like slowly introduce yourself. And yeah, yeah. take it slow. Well, it's like what Randy kept pointing about is um, it also takes people in who are also in leadership roles at the church to come alongside you and like yeah they were talking about with like bringing the lepers back in like you have to make sure everybody knows like hey homie's clean like yeah he doesn't have leprosy anymore and it's it's kind of similar as like if someone gets asked to step down from church like you need people to come back in and be like yes there was a situation but like he's good like yeah like it's like, not what you think happened like right. he brought up divorce like mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people walk around with the big D, the on, big their D on their head yeah. and everybody thinks, oh, do you hear what happened to those two? <laughs> and Yeah, and so, yeah, but it takes a pastor or someone in leadership to come alongside and be like, hey, this guy actually didn't do anything wrong. Right. Like, the wife could have could walked out on him or cheated or yeah. like he could be right in, in step with what Bi- uh, the Bible says about like the proper way of like uh, the only time it's okay for a divorce to happen. Yeah. And uh, it takes leadership and people around them to come alongside them and be with them. And, and like, that's been, been a key factor throughout the years. Just right. Randy keeps bringing up how important it is to have people around you. And yeah. just, but, like, the right people, not just anybody. Yeah. Community. Yeah. Christ followers. Like, true, true brothers and sisters that are, like, down to be like, oh, you're, you're benched? Like, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. But I think something that made me think about is, like, even if that the person in that scenario did something wrong in the divorce, mm-hmm. I think it's important that leaders come beside them and say, like, maybe this guy messed up royally and he mm-hmm. got, like, booted. 
but he's back. Like, mm-hmm. you know how the Levites had to, like, rededicate themselves through mm-hmm. all this stuff, or even the Nazarites? Like, they they were dedicated. And then whether a dead body fell on them or, you know, something happened, maybe they drank wine unknowingly, something, they, they had to shave themselves and, like, go through this process of rededication. And I think, I think people can do that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, a fresh start. Yeah. So as long as... You know, and I'm that comes probably with like meeting and spending time with that person and getting to know like their heart and where they're really at. But once you understand that, you can be like, yeah, like this dude, he, he messed up. You know, the church might have this certain feeling about him, but at the end of the day, he's rededicated himself and he's he's back on the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that is pretty cool to think about. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Something I just want to touch on is like, isn't it crazy? There's there's seven stages of grief. It's not just like, oh, you know, my best friend died. I'm going to take a day or two and cry about it and then hop back right back into what I was doing. you got to go through seven stages of grief. Yeah. That's insane. Like, yeah. I just think that's crazy. Yeah, and sometimes, I, I forget who was saying it, but they can take a long time. Like, yeah. you can be grieving for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I... Me and Bobby have experienced this, but I feel like in my life, like when he was reading through that list of like what's in there, I realized I was like, well, I think I was like in that for a long time, you know, like some things happen in like a moment, you know, like the bargaining and stuff. I don't feel like people get caught in that, but you know, maybe some people do, but there's a momentary thing, right? right? But some stages of grief, like you could get stuck in it forever if you just launch yourself back into well, I'm just going to keep going to work. I'm going to keep, you know, like mm-hmm. keep crowding my life with stuff so I don't have to deal with it. You just end up making it longer. And know? that's that's honestly the easier thing to do. You want to yeah. overwork yourself right. because if you're overworking yourself, you're not thinking about it. Exactly. Yeah. And so you think yeah. it's okay until three years down the road, you finally take your break and yeah. it all comes back. Yeah, but that's why, I think that's why there's these principles because God knows, like he made us, he knows how we tick. So when we go through something like he's like hey take a break this is gonna be tough you know what i mean like take the time to go through it like come to me with your problems come to me and relax like don't like don't let the world outweigh your heart in a weird way i think is what he's trying to say like your heart is what matters so if you're just piling things on your plate you're gonna be you're gonna become bitter you know because it seems like the world never stops but i think god's trying to say like hey it's it's okay and it's good to to slow down you know what i mean contrary to properly oh oh my goodness i just had a stroke (laughs) (laughs) contrary to popular belief sitting on the bench is actually a good thing yeah 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 Yeah, i found sitting on the bench like in literal terms and in like metaphorical terms in life have probably been my like strongest moments like just improving the most like even when I moved I used to live in like a rural area and then I moved up to the desert by myself in a trailer and that in a way that was me being benched like and I had so many moments with God in that trailer and you know I just think that was that was another way that God was just like take time you know what I mean like the world's Mm -hmm. gonna keep spinning like whatever's happening in the city is gonna be happening but you know take time go out and and find a quiet space and jesus does that a lot too 
just he just leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he goes to prays or wherever he goes and prays. Went out in the desert for forty days mm-hmm. just to be with the Lord, to be with the Father. Yeah, this all brought back like I don't think I've told you this story, but uh, when I was a youth leader, uh, my two years after high school, uh, I was uh, helping out my church with the youth, and. Uh, at the end of the for my first year, uh, the worship or the youth director came to me and asked me to step down, and I was like, "What?" Like it completely caught me off guard, and he was just like, "I just think you need to, like, reestablish yourself and like your walk with God, and then you can come back and like we'll we'll accept you. Like this is not a permanent thing, and like obviously me being a like 20 year old kid like I was like what like yeah. I was so pissed off at him right. like I didn't want to talk to him again and I started meeting with my uh, my pastor reg- regularly and uh we just started talking and I like now I can look back at my life and just how unhealthy that was and like I've told you guys like I went through this stage of depression where like I literally lost 40 pounds and like uh I look back at pictures of myself and I look like a skeleton and I'm like and that was right when that happened. Yeah. And so, like, having, like, looked back at that and what happened after I took the time to, like, reestablish myself, I started eating better, like, and I was, like, if it wasn't, wasn't for uh, the youth director asking me to step down, like, I, I, I don't know where I would be, like. Yeah. I'd be sick, like, a yeah. bunch of, like. Continuing the illusion that everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to have people that just, like straight up say the thing that we don't want to hear yeah like, truth is hard to come by in this world yeah that's that's a cool story it's for some reason I don't know if it's just me or if you guys think this too but I see what we're talking about about like taking time to grieve and like putting yourself on the bench I see like compare and contrast Joseph and Moses and in Joseph's case he goes to Pharaoh and he says hey I'm is it okay if I leave and go bury my father and Joseph says, yes, go do, or the Pharaoh says, yes, go do as your father has made you swear. Mm. And so he takes the time. He, and at this point in time, he's second only to Pharaoh. He's head over all of Egypt. He leaves his responsibilities. He goes, he takes care of his father and buries him. He mourns for seven days, and then he comes back to his responsibilities. So he took the time, he grieved, and then he comes back to his responsibilities and takes him up again. While Moses, he has something tragic happen to him. His heart's not right with God. He continues to lead the people and he ends up getting banned from the promised land. He doesn't get to go to where he's been leading these people for 40 years. Yeah, that's tragic. So it's just like, it shows you that when you're head over leader, like if you're leadership and you're in charge, you can lead the people one of two ways. You're either going to lead them where God wants them to lead them, or if you're not right with God, you're going to lead them astray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got to make sure you have people to hold you accountable and to yeah. let you know when it's time to step down, or you have to check yourself and let yourself know when it's time well yeah with Moses he has his uh, son-in-law Jeth- or not son-in-law father-in-law Jethro come to him and be like hey you're gonna like wear yourself out if you don't start having people around you and like that's one of the first times you see that in the Bible and it's like one of the most powerful is he just li- has uh, someone older and wiser than him come to him and say like dude like you need people you can't all do it all by yourself like you, if you see how it's going without people like you're gonna end up like dead or like just worn out or down. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have anything else to say? Call it a day. Cool. Yep. So that's all the juice. That's all the meat. That's all the good stuff. For Deuces. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys on the flippity flop. The flippity flop. <laughs>